Welcome to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, exploring leadership in nursing through inspiring conversations. Today's episode is sponsored by AACN's online community forums, offering peer support to nurses on a variety of topics, with information available at aecn.org forward slash online community. Now here's your host, AACN's Chief Clinical Officer, Connie Barton. This is Connie Barden, and I'm so excited today to get to spend some time talking with Kishan Mulsankar, who is a nurse manager in the neurosurgical ICU at North Shore University Hospital, which is in Manhasset, New York. Kishan, welcome. Thank you, Connie, and thank you for having me on this podcast and allowing me to share some of my experiences. I can't wait to hear about them, to be honest. I've heard a little bit about you here and there, but... Boy, I've been reading a lot of stuff about you, and I can't wait to learn from you, to be quite honest. One of the things I've learned is you are passionate in your unit leader role about sort of combining nurse, uh, nurse-driven nurse initiatives and the whole concept of healthy work environments. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, what is it about that particular approach that intrigues you or attracts you? Well, Connie, I think facilitating uh, nurse-driven initiatives and aligning them with the AACN uh, Healthy Work Environment Standards, uh, for me and my experience, has been very beneficial. I, I've seen an increase in the quality of patient care, uh, increase in our staff satisfaction, uh, decrease in negative incidences. For example, over the last five years, uh, we've seen a steady decline in our hospital-acquired infections, such as cauties, clapsies, uh, C. diff and also ventilator-assisted pneumonia. I, I truly believe to provide optimal care, healthcare workers, especially nurses, uh, we need to have an environment that is supportive. Uh, nurses, especially frontline nurses, they are the backbone of healthcare facilities. And the AACN uh, Healthy Work Environment uh, Standards and, and the tools provides an excellent framework uh, that I believe uh, promotes an environment that fosters uh, change and innovation. Most importantly, it's, it's very supportive for our nurses, and it utilizes an evidence-based approach. Um, it's very structured. Uh, also, some of the tools uh, for the standards, uh, they utilize processes that have been shown to increase staff satisfaction and uh, optimal outcome. Now, when you talk about nurse-driven initiatives, uh, as a nurse leader, no matter what level you're on, I, I truly, truly think engaging our frontline staff is paramount. Uh, when frontline staff is engaged, you know, I, I've, in process improvement, I've seen that it generates greater buy-in, it affects changes in practice, and we're able to sustain and build on those uh, practice changes. For example, uh, a nurse-driven initiative uh, that we've published and uh, we've presented locally and nationally is our county initiative to reduce uh, catheter-associated urinary tract infections. Uh, we partnered with the AACN CSI Academy and uh, we were able to successfully decrease cauties, and uh, we were able to sustain that project. Now, we, we incorporated the, the main idea of the project was to have frontline nurses um, drive the change and, and be innovative uh, leaders and do things differently than what we've done before with cauty reduction. For example, skilled communication, one of the healthy work environment standards, all huddles uh, during the daytime, uh, during the night shift or, or day shift to assess uh, the need for an indwelling urethral catheter. With meaningful recognition from our project, we've received uh, recognition 
nationally, uh, locally, uh, hospital-wide, and unit-wide. We, we've celebrated um, those successes. And I think that's helped to really build and sustain the project. As far as appropriate staffing, when we started this project, we were able to add an FTE to our uh, skill mix uh, because we initiated an intermittent catheterization protocol, for example, and it was extra work on our staff and that extra workload, we were able to justify why we needed an extra nursing assistant on our unit. One of the major reasons why this project was successful, for example, another standard true collaboration. If we weren't able to successfully collaborate with the multidisciplinary team, for example, our surgeons, our physicians, um, and various other parts of the hospital, we would not have been able to succeed and build and sustain on this project. Effective decision-making. Uh, the other day I was walking and one of my nurses who was on orientation, so she's in multidisciplinary rounds with her preceptor. There's a patient who's critically ill on three different pressors and she is asking our lead attending physician, she's on orientation, and she's trying to make the case as to why we should remove this indwelling urethral catheter uh, on this patient who's critically ill and and able to justify why we're able, to, you know, we can still get accurate intake and output on this patient. And it was just something that I really uh, marveled at to, to watch and see her uh, advocate for this patient. That you know, is and, astounding. I love that story. She was in orientation, you said? Yes, she was in orientation with wow. her preceptor. She's sitting, you know, she's there with the multidisciplinary team, you know, the physicians, PAs, uh, pharmacists, and she's trying every single thing that she can to advocate to get this catheter out. Wow, Kishan, I love hearing you talk about all of these things. There's so many things I want to talk about. Um, let me start by asking you this. So re related to the standards, the HWE standards, healthy work environment standards, that um, clearly you're so articulate in, in connecting them to everything your nurses are doing. But did you start out with those and like do an assessment in your unit or, or to try and figure out, well, maybe we need to work on communication or maybe it's more like our decision-making. Did you use the tool or anything to guide that thinking when you first got going on this? With this uh, initial AACN County uh, project, the Healthy Work Environment Standards Survey, uh, we did not complete, uh, you know, in all honesty. During the last summer of 2020, after three tumultuous months, you know, we, we had the height of the COVID crisis here in New York. I, I felt that the dynamics on our unit, you know, really changed. Um, there was still a lot of uncertainty and they were shocked. Uh, and we were just expecting to go back to our normal routine and start taking our neurosurgical patients back. What we did as a team, and I, as a nurse leader, I really think it's important to have data help to guide your decisions. I've used data in the past to assess the, the workplace, and I've used several other um, methods to assess uh, the workplace environment. So what we decided to do was to utilize our healthy work environment um, survey tool from AACN. We were able to perform the survey. Uh, so gathering data is the, is the first step in evaluating, you know, as a nurse leader, what is your unit? you know, what is the temperature of your unit? Sometimes you can have informal conversations, but uh, really having data to show the staff um, as to where we're at, uh, it's very important. So I would say gathering that baseline data. In addition to that, uh, the data it's important was presented and disseminated to all staff, uh, you know, on our unit. This way, if we are working, for example, but currently we're working on improving skilled communication on our unit and meaningful recognition, we're able to set goals that are measurable 
you know, we're going to reassess it from our healthy work environment survey towards the end of this year. So I'm anticipating hopefully our results will improve in uh, the skills communication and the improved recognition. You know what I hear when you're talking about all of that? This is really just music to my ears. Alluding to another HW standard, you are being an authentic leader by doing this. You're not like standing and preaching, but you're just living it. You're, you're as the standard says, em- embracing others and engaging others, you know, in its achievement. Data, here, let's share the data. Let's talk about the data. Let me ask you sort of a side question, because you've really worked with this stuff a lot. You know, there's six standards, and, and you've outlined communication, collaboration, decision-making, all of those things. Um, we all know what they are. Do you have a, a leaning, like, if you had to pick, do you think one is particularly more important than the other? Or do you have a favorite or anything? As people ask me that all of the time, and it really varies depending on the situation. But I wondered about you since you've worked with them so much. Excellent question. And I, I do believe each one is important, and they're all intertwined. Um, but my favorite, uh, especially in the role that I am as a nurse leader, is skilled communication. I, I truly believe that to be an effective leader and to drive change and to garner buy-in, for example, with your projects and and the way you want to move your unit and your vision for the unit, uh, you need to have open, honest, and transparent communication. This is the most important thing. Uh, For example, uh, you know, calling a huddle uh, before the shift uh, to discuss assignments, admissions, plan, the day, various roles of nurses. If you're anticipating like a chaotic uh, few hours after the shift has started, taking a pause, you know, bring everyone together, the multidisciplinary team, not only our nurses, and you know, address what, what's going on, being able to set targets and clearly define roles, for example. I found this very useful uh, during the COVID crisis. Uh, our unit was converted into a, a COVID unit and a lot of our procedure areas were converted into satellite COVID units. So I was also managing, uh, managing that. And I, I found having these mini huddles and and having these uh, open and honest, transparent communications, because at the time, you know, staff was scared. There was a lot of uncertainty. And it really helped me to break down those barriers. And I, I truly believe effective communication, you know, it can mitigate some of the challenges that plague nursing units on a daily basis. You know, the same challenges that I'm facing on my unit, every other single critical care unit or med surge unit throughout this country is facing the exact same problems. And being able to effectively communicate, especially during chaotic times, it can alleviate so many concerns. But in, in saying that, you know, it's, it's a two-way street when you're doing, for example, these huddles during chaotic times and allowing these nurses and empowering them to be able to speak, you know, their concerns and the way they feel without fear of reprisal in a public setting. And I truly embrace that and I welcome that because maybe there's, there's a way I'm looking at it and they have a different perspective. At the end of the day, they're the ones that are spending time with the patients and they know these patients and they know the workflow better than me. So I think sometimes uh, it might be difficult as a leader to hear that the staff disagrees with your decision, but you know, having an open and honest conversation with them and having a two-way conversation. You know what I hear you talking about? I really think you're talking about trust, that when you're open, when you're transparent, to be an effective leader, like, oh my goodness, you certainly are. There's got to be a level of trust. So they they can speak up to you about things like that. It's one of the reasons why our unit has been able to achieve success with nurse-driven initiatives and aligning them, you know, using those healthy work environment standards, you know, different standards and incorporating it into the project. 
like an example of something we do daily in the neurosurgical ICU and some of the results that have come out of it and their unintended consequences, but they were positive. Um, about three years ago, um, maybe about three to four years ago, our staff felt that we were working in, in silos. Uh, each discipline, we were working in silos. Even though we do a multidisciplinary round on each patient and we spend time with each patient, uh, staff wanted a better way to plan the day. So what we did in our shared governance council, or we call it our collaborative care council, our frontline nurses were able to put together a multidisciplinary team uh, that consists of every single discipline that touches the patient, you know, that comes in contact with our patient in the ICU. Um, we call it a mini multidisciplinary round. It's at 8.30 in the morning. It lasts 10 to 15 minutes. So it's not something that's long and drawn out. So everyone's still able to go on uh, with their day. So like I said, the team consists of multiple disciplines. Uh, we're able to briefly discuss the plan of, for each patient. A lot of things that come up in that is the psychosocial issues that may affect the discharge or transfer out of the critical care area. Some of the results that we've seen from this little mini uh, multidisciplinary round our sister unit, where I would say about 80 to 90% of our patients get transferred to after their critical care stay or after their surgery, their neurosurgery, there's a representative that comes to join uh, on our unit. And in the spirit of true collaboration, one of the things, for example, we discussed for my unit, uh, our unit, our neurosurgical patients, um, at times, they're confused, they're restless, and they're at increased risk for falls. Uh, so one of the things that we discuss in those rounds, if a patient is ready to move on to the step-down floor, is, uh, is this patient at greater risk for fall? What we're able to do is we're able to, when we move those patients over to the uh, step-down unit, we're able to strategically place them where they can be monitored a little bit more to provide a safer environment for them. In turn, one of the things that step-down unit has had a decrease year by year over the last three years is more than 50% in falls. And we attribute that success to having them attend that multidisciplinary round. In addition to that, we've seen an improvement in our throughput metrics. That's been very good for us. So it's these mini rounds, the, the 8.30 in the morning, I think you said, those kind of rounds where you sort of talk, this isn't the physicians rounding and so forth. This is everybody else ranting about plan of care for the day and the patients, et cetera. Yes, that's, yes. that's incredible. Incredible. So as I'm listening to you, Kishan, I'm just hearing amazing outcomes that you're talking about. So I'm wondering if there is a unit leader listening, whether they've got unit leader on their name tag or their frontline nurses who are leaders in that unit and they want to get started creating a culture like you're creating. What would be some of your advice to them about, you know, here's how to get going. You know, here's how you start if you've never done this kind of thing before. I think the, the most important step in starting is gathering baseline data to see where you're at. And, and I think that if you're able to do that, you know, and you're able to share it with your, with your team and be honest and having your team help to guide you and, and you ask them, what, what do you want to work on? What are they passionate about? You may want to work on something, but also to garner support and to get buy-in from your frontline nurses, uh, they need to be passionate about the topic as well. And also, in addition to that, you know, when, when we've received survey results and even when we did our healthy work environment survey, make sure that we celebrate the successes. For example, what do we do well in as well? And sometimes as nurse leaders and, and you know, as a unit, you tend to forget there are things that we're doing well. I, I just want to touch on that a little bit on the things that we are doing well. I, I think to take the next level and, and to improve nursing and to transform healthcare, 
even though we're doing something well, we need to strive to build on that and to continuously improve on the processes that you have. I think that's important, but it can look like a daunting task um, when you get started because you think that there's no way you can work on all six of these standards. And, you know, I felt the same way, you know, even though we've had successes uh, in the past, I, I felt the same way. But I, I think the important thing is just pick one standard and you work on that. And then you, you know, you will continuously will go back. You can work on the standard and then you transition to uh, the next standard. I, I think that that's very important. Yeah. And, and yeah that, so it kind of grows on itself. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned also about your unit, which is incredible, the neurosurgical ICU there, is I understand you're also a Beacon Gold unit, Gold Level Beacon unit. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. And doing all of this stuff that you've done over the last several years, was that sort of driven by you? Was it your nurses who came together and said, you know, we are top notch, we should really take this on? How did that come to be? Now, with our Beacon journey in 2016, uh, we were designated as a Silver Beacon unit, and we were excited. But what we did was we utilized that feedback, and we looked for opportunities of improvement. Uh, we revised some of our processes. Also, we implemented uh, new processes. After we've implemented and changed some of our processes in 2019, uh, we reapplied when our, our Beacon designation um, was expiring, and we were able to achieve uh, the Gold Beacon Award. Uh, I was truly excited for me as a leader. It, it was meaningful, you know, it validated the processes that are currently in place on the unit. In addition, we were able to highlight the exceptional quality and patient outcomes. Um, our Beacon application, it wasn't only uh, myself who wrote it, you know, we gathered a team. So this was written by frontline nurses and they felt such a tremendous pride and joy uh, when we achieved silver and when we achieved gold. Um, you know, our nurses, they drive incredible outcomes and they were able to write and, and showcase uh, their work in the Beacon application. So there definitely was a sense of like, excitement and accomplishment. I would really like to personally thank my mentor and my previous nurse manager. Uh, her name is Laura Iacono. She has really helped to set the foundation for me and I, I'm so thankful and grateful. She is a, a leader who helped me to understand and show me what the power of nurse-driven initiatives and the power of frontline nurses and how they can affect change. Um, I was a staff nurse when she was our nurse manager, then became the assistant nurse manager. For example, you know, she's really helped me to grow into a leader. She truly believes in succession planning and it's something I've adopted from her, but I, I really have to thank her for her leadership. Kashan, this is amazing. Thank you so much for acknowledging your mentor, Laura. And it sure sounds like to me that you are being a mentor to your nurses in so many ways by this environment you're creating. So tell us about what you've seen and how you've seen nurses growing as you've developed your unit as you have. We have our, some of our frontline staff um, who currently, we have a mentor-mentee program in the hospital. And mm. some of my frontline nurses, they're participating as a mentor and they're mentoring not only nurses on our unit, uh, they're mentoring nurses on other units uh, throughout the organization. Currently, two of my nurses on the county reduction project that we've had, we're working with one of our sister hospitals in their neurosurgical ICU, and they're mentoring their staff and nurse managers um, to help to reduce counties. Uh, one of my nurses, she is uh, the chair of the CSI alumni 
a group. So it's good. And, you know, she's a frontline nurse. One of my other frontline nurses, uh, she serves on the New York State Board of Nursing, and she's a frontline nurse. So it, it's really, really amazing to see these nurses that I, that I work with. And it's such a proud feeling when they start off as informal leaders on the unit. You know, they, they do projects on the unit on a micro level. And then, you know, they're able to go on a larger stage and take on these uh these leadership roles. So it's one of the most fulfilling things about being a nurse, uh, nurse leader and nurse manager. It's not all fun and games, but it's, it's one of the things that I, um, that I truly, truly enjoy. In saying that too, you know, I've had turnover on my unit and it's because of not all bad things. A lot of my nurses, we push them to get advanced degrees to go to graduate school. And I, most of my nurses I lose because of, uh, either to take on advanced practice roles or leadership positions, you know, and because of Laura and I've, I've kept that same tradition, when our nurses, uh, you know, when they start an orientation and they come on board, we, we try to really instill and empower them to be advocates with the healthy work environment about effective decision-making from the infant stages of, of their, um, their work in critical care. We really try to empower them to speak up for the patients and become those uh, change agents. One of the things I do as a manager is I proactively encourage staff to engage in unit and hospital-based initiatives. Uh, we create you know, and utilize individual development plans to establish personalized goals for each staff member because each staff member, they have different passions and they wanna take different routes in nursing. And I think it's important to utilize individual development plans. You know, as a nurse leader, I believe it is our duty to facilitate and foster an environment that promotes professional growth. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you something you might not be expecting. So I'm hearing you're this amazing leader who's created an incredible culture, working on the work environment. You have teams of CSI, uh, Beacon Award from silver to gold and all of that. But I heard there's a little something that really helps you besides your mentor, and it's called a yoga frog. What can you tell uh, us about the, <laughs> that you said that it's essential for leaders to have something like a yoga frog? Uh, one of my nurses uh, bought me this uh, little yoga frog with a book that has different positions. So in those days that I'm, I'm stressed, you know, they will come in the office and they'll make um, these, these funny poses or uh, sometimes inappropriate uh, poses with our yoga frog. But it's a really good way, you know, sometimes to connect with my staff when they come in and they see it and you know it, it kind of opens up the conversation sometimes even though we may have a busy day or something like that so <laughs> it's good to have a little fun on the unit I love that story after some of us heard about that here at the office I know two people who went and got themselves one it's, it's just adorable I will tell you sometimes though the yoga frog might get not the best treatment for me so. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you <laughs> well you got to have a stress release somewhere huh I have one more question for you. I know we uh, could talk to you all afternoon, but we will have to wrap up in a few minutes. But one of the things I truly get, Kishan, is that you are such a visionary leader. And so I wonder, you've done all of these incredible things. I think you probably have nurses that can't wait to come and work with you and, and the staff in your unit and so forth. But any visions of the future? Like, uh, what do you think is in store for you and your unit in the future as you continue to move on uh, obviously, we've emerged, thank goodness, we're emerging from COVID, but what do you see for the future of you and your unit? Currently, uh, my unit is excited. Um, 
we're going to hopefully be transitioning to a new ICU in about two years that's currently being built. So there's a palpable sense of excitement. Uh, we've had several of our frontline nurses who have helped to create um, and help to have input onto the unit uh, because this is going to affect you know, their work environment and what they want to see on the unit. So uh, we've been working on that as far as the future. Our next healthy work environment standard uh, that we're going to be tackling is uh, meaningful recognition. I'm hoping that we will be able to come up with something uh, innovative uh, that's never been done before. Something that as a leader, I truly try to foster and, and facilitate an environment of, of creativity. Um, an example of this is uh, one of our frontline nurses uh, created a positive feedback loop uh, during a handoff. And currently this feedback loop is uh, is utilized as a resource on the AACN website under skilled communication. Now, with this feedback loop, um, we've saw you know increased communication between our novice and senior nurses. We've seen an increase in camaraderie, increase in satisfaction. As far as tangible data that, that we've seen in 2018 in our NDNQI engagement survey, in our RN to RN interaction, um, we were below the magnet mean uh, when it came to RN to RN interaction. Post-implementation of this positive feedback loop in 2020, in our next NDNQI employee engagement survey, uh, we were able to outperform our 2018 results and go above the magnet mean. So, That's amazing. That's... You know, and this is a tool that was very innovative. I think as nurse leaders, if you truly believe in your, your frontline staff, you will achieve success. You'll be astounded with the innovative ideas that arise from our frontline nurses. And as we, we encounter the new challenges, for example, look at what we went through with uh, COVID, the frontline staff, you know, they're the key drivers. They're the ones that are positioned to affect change and to drive change and, and the way we, we perform healthcare. They're the ones that spend the most time, you know, with our patients. Also, one thing I do want to touch on, you know, to challenge the norms, uh, nurse leaders must not be afraid of failure when introducing uh, new ideas. And, and I think that this is very important uh, for nurse leaders that are listening to this podcast. We as a team and myself, you know, we've tried different ideas, different projects, and, um, you know, they've not worked out or they've failed. Uh, just a funny story I want to touch on. So in our meaningful recognition that we're working on and our, our, our committee, we were having a meeting about two months ago. And about a year and a half ago, uh, we tried to implement a, a unit-based strategy to improve recognition. And one of my novice nurses, I would say, she's in the, in the Gen Z nurse. She used the term, it was an epic fail, Keyshawn. And we just all had a laugh. And as a leader, sometimes, you know, I think you have to be honest and be open that, you know, not everything you try will succeed. But what, what you can do, you know, certain things that I utilize is, um, that we utilize in our unit is a small test of change. Did it work? Um, tools like the PDSA cycle, what worked, what didn't work, and if something worked, let's build on the change. So th those are tools I think that has really helped me as a leader to succeed and, and build on projects and, and take our unit, um, you know, in, in a different, on a different level. One more thing, you know, going with the NTI uh, theme for this year, this is our moment, you know, nurse leaders, especially in the critical care setting, uh, we really need to rise up and advocate for our nurses and, and patients. Um, this is special work that our nurses uh, perform on a daily basis, uh, whether it's asking for more resources. One of the things that I've been lucky at my institution um, 
is that I, I'm able to leverage, for example, senior leadership to have a budget where my nurses are able to be engaged and participate in these performance improvement projects away from the bedside. And I will tell you, Connie, this is probably one of the top three keys to success because there is no way a nurse who is working a 12-hour shift while they're taking care of a patient will be able to sit in an hour, two-hour meeting to, to research, to plan, to implement, to, to strategize uh, new ideas. So I, I think as a nurse leader, as a nurse manager, to be able to advocate uh, for your nurses uh, to make sure that they have time away from the bedside. Kishan, you are just amazing. I, I, I just, I've been here talking with Kishan Mulsankar and I am inspired by listening to you. If I, if I had to do like a 30 second summary, I don't even know where I'd start, but it would include things that you've taught me just while we've been, or reminded me while we've been here talking, like never underestimate the power of frontline nurses. Skilled communication is key. And part of that is transparency, which then leads to trust. I heard you say, celebrate all along the way. Um, you advised us to be sure you get yourself a mentor. You talked about Laura, who was, who was your mentor there. Leaders challenging the norms and not being afraid of failure and then advocating for nurses, whether it is pushing back when people say that's non-productive time if you wanna do quality improvement. How on earth could working on quality be non-productive? It just doesn't even make sense. But Kishan, you are truly a leader's leader. And just, just having a conversation with you has been inspiring. I wanna thank you so much for sharing your words with us. Anything you wanna say just to wrap up? We need to invest in our nurses, especially our frontline nurses. And, and I guarantee you, we will see an investment. You'll see increased patient outcomes and you will see a fiscal impact. And I know sometimes us as nurses, we don't like to talk about it, but it is the reality. And in line, uh, you know, in, in line with our CSI Academy, we're promoting um, our frontline leaders to be change agents and the leaders of the future. You know, I've adopted that model where I think for the growth and, and to change healthcare, these are the folks that we really need to engage. Um, also working in the multidisciplinary team, like you know, we spoke about, but these are the key, you know, these are the key people. And as a nurse manager, uh, you have to be able to facilitate an environment that promotes growth. You know, one of the things I do, for example, I proactively reach out to my nurses and, you know, ask them, what are you passionate about? What do you want to work on? For example, you know, some may want to work on hospital acquired infections. Some may work on um, healthy work environments. And when I first started as a leader, this is where I failed because I was, you know, I was picking nurses uh, to work on certain things, but they weren't passionate about it. You know, when forming your team, uh, those, those key stakeholders in that core team, they need to be passionate about that project or, or about the, the issue you, you're working on. And, and having those core members, not only you, and, and for the nurse leaders out there, having those core members um, being able to effectively communicate your, your vision. Uh, like one of the strategies I use when we have something new and novel coming up, I not only try to communicate the vision to the staff, you know, I leverage our, our physicians, our neurosurgeons, our senior leadership, our CNO, and most importantly, I utilize my frontline staff who are the core members of that team to communicate that vision to the staff. This way I've seen we've garnered more, you know, buy-in. Sage advice from an inspiring leader. Kishan, thank you so, so much for spending time with us. It's been a pleasure to chat with you today. Connie, once again, thank you for allowing me uh, this platform uh, to share my experiences 
And I, I just want to truly thank the NSCU nursing staff and all staff uh, in the neurosurgical ICU in North Shore Manhattan. I, I truly appreciate the care that, that you give and the wonderful work that, that you've done and the optimal outcomes uh, that you've achieved. So a thank you from the bottom of my heart to the neurosurgical ICU and staff, especially my frontline nurses. Thank you, Kashan. What a lovely tribute. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for listening to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, proudly sponsored by AACN's online community forums, with information available at aacn.org forward slash online community. We welcome your thoughts on this episode or ideas for future topics. Feel free to email us anytime at podcasts at aacn.org.